This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Can't relax. A Glisten Plus production. Episode 4. Size ten and a half. I opened my eyes and found myself staring at my bedroom ceiling. A constellation of glow-in-the-dark stars were stuck to the plaster in the shape of my initials. I remembered the day that my father had stood on my bed and pressed each for a full three seconds to make sure they stayed put. What I didn't remember is how I got here from school today. I could see the late afternoon sun streaming through the blinds. Someone was coming. I looked to my bedroom door. It was open a crack. Mom? Mom? I leaped to my feet and moved to the closet where I hid the axe. The axe I might have used to do terrible things while under the influence of the app. I opened the closet. A man stood there. Naked and faceless. The figure stepped toward me. Let your mind drift away. I stumbled backwards and fell into the sand. My room was no longer there. I was on a beach. Towering rocks reached up to the overcast sky. The figure was moving closer. Almost on top of me. Let your body sink into the sand. And I was suddenly sinking. I tried to thrash myself free. But I only sunk deeper. Give in to the calm. Help! Help! Someone! My entire body was below the gray sand. Only my eyes and lips were above the surface. The faceless man leaned down and placed his bony hands over my mouth. I'm helping you. I was in my bed, thrashing and kicking against the weighted blanket above me. As the sea laps at your feet, let every worry dissolve into the brine. I turned to my nightstand, where my phone was glowing dimly. The voice was coming out of the speaker. I snatched up my phone and powered it down. It sounds like you're up in here. My mom came into my room with a cup of soup and a piece of rye toast. She sat down on the edge of my bed. How are you feeling? Fine. I guess. Your body needed the rest. You'll be fine in the morning. Marie brought over your homework. Not that you should feel obligated to do it. Not tonight, after so much. I probably will. Just to take my mind off everything that's been going on. I thought you would say that. I'm going to skip work tonight. Just in case you need me. You don't have to. I'm totally fine. I already called the hospital. They were more than understanding. I was actually relieved that she'd be home. I didn't want to be alone in the house after what happened last night. 
You eat this soup and toast. You must be hungry. I'll be right downstairs. My mom kissed me gently on the forehead and then exited my room. I didn't know what to think or worry about first. Then I felt my stomach grumble. It was 7.30 and I hadn't eaten anything since breakfast. The soup and toast suddenly smelled very good. I was nearly done with my dinner when I heard a knock come from the front door of the house. I moved to my bedroom window and looked toward the front door. A police car was parked in front. Suddenly, everything about the day snapped back into place. I remember why I fainted. Marie and Calum had told me about the homeless man who had been found chopped up in the woods. By an axe. What did the police know? Had a witness seen someone at the scene of the crime? Had that someone been me? I couldn't take any chances. I needed to get rid of the bloody axe. And fast. Or I could be spending the rest of my life in prison. I pulled the axe out from behind my hamper. The towel I had wrapped it in was now stained with blood. I snatched up a blanket and twisted it around the axe and towel. I moved silently down the hall with the axe now tucked under my arm. There was a trellis just outside the bedroom that used to belong to my brother. He would sneak down it to smoke pot in the woods with his friends. With mom at the hospital most nights, I never had much use for it. I came and went as I wished. Good evening, officer. Anything new about last night? I didn't stick around to hear what he had to say. I crawled out the window and onto the wooden framework nailed to the side of the house. Climbing down, I passed by the dining room. Through the window, I could see Officer Anders talking with my mom. I needed to hurry. Just past the garage was an old well, 30 feet deep and partially filled with rainwater. If I dumped the axe in there, it would never be seen again. Once I touched down, I moved for the backyard. I quickened my pace as I came around the back patio. Anya? Startled, I turned to see a young officer standing in the yard with a flashlight. I clutched the wrapped axe tightly under my arm, trying to hide it against my body. I'm Officer Cheng. I met you last night. Hey! My partner and I are investigating a murder that occurred two nights ago. Harold Thomas slept in a tent outside the drugstore. I could feel my heart pounding. We wanted to come here and look around the property. We think there's a very good chance that the murder could be related to the intruder that broke in here. Officer Chang's attention had been drawn to the blanket under my arm. He stared at it curiously. I wanted to run. Then he eyed the open window one floor up. What are you doing out here? Because it's not safe. Not with the suspect at large. Um, yeah, I was just getting some fresh air. Sometimes I sit out here and read. I could see that Officer Chang was considering what to say next. Well, I would take your blanket inside tonight. Read on the couch, with the doors locked. Officer Chang approached me and put a hand on my shoulder. His hip was just a few inches away from the hilt of the axe. The slightest shift of his weight and he would be touching it. Let's go back inside. Officer Chang walked me up the porch steps. I don't want you to worry. We're following every lead. We're going to catch the person who killed Mr. Thomas. I walked back inside. 
axe blade pushing against my ribcage. And we won't rest until we do. I came out of English and found Marie waiting for me. I hadn't seen her yet this morning, and she looked as terrible as I felt. Caitlin was with her. Anya? I, I think I'm having a, a mental breakdown. I told her that anyone could crack with everything that's been happening. Last night, I was sitting in my room after three hours of ACT cramming, and I, I look outside. I saw someone standing on my front lawn between the willow trees, looking straight up at me with a knife in their hand. This is where it all goes from creepy to just plain delusional. She didn't need to say it. I just knew. Was it Sunday? Holy shit. How did you know that? Sunday was the one who attacked me. Oh, God! No way! I I was so hoping I was going crazy! Nah. That can't be true. Sunday? The girl fosters kittens. I didn't want to say anything yesterday. I barely believed it myself. But it was her. She scared me. Something was wrong about her. It's the Peace in Mind app. After I used it, I blacked out. The app? That makes no sense. I've listened to every meditation, and I'm the same old amazing me. It does make sense. I had a dream the other night after a session. I thought it was just a stress nightmare. I was suspended in a tree. Rope wrapped around my wrists and ankles. Crows perched all around me in the branches. The ground was just covered in blood. It was a dream. Dreams are freaky. When I woke up, there was blood dripping from the corner of my eye. Like a tear. But red. Blood. You both need to delete the app right now. I'm having a hard time believing all this. Caleb, don't be a dick. Why the hell would I make this up? Delete the app. Okay, okay. I did it. Gone. For now, the app is sticky. It keeps reappearing like a virus or an annoying pop-up ad that redirects your browser. Well, I'll keep deleting it. Might be a good excuse to buy a new phone. Do the police know about Sunday? I told them after the attack, but I don't think they believe me. I'll tell them what I saw. With two witnesses, they'll have to take this seriously. Do you think she could have had something to do with the killing of Crazy Harold? I wasn't sure whether to hope she did or didn't. If it had been her, then it hadn't been me. I don't even know what to think right now. After school, we go to the station together. Absolutely. I've got practice. But from now on, we check on each other every couple of hours. We see anything strange, we text immediately. Agreed. I'm still feeling like I might be on a hidden camera show right now. I'm not that good an actor. That's true. I saw you in Romeo and Juliet. Oh, shut up, you asshole. I breathe deep. Thank God. I wasn't alone in this anymore. I'll buzz you through. The evidence room is at the end of the hall. Someone will help you there. Hello. How can I help you? My name is Anya Bowman. We have an appointment to speak with Officer Chang. Yeah, he mentioned that. I'll let him know you're here. Marie and I waited in the lobby of the Asper Grove Police Station. While Marie nervously scanned through her fashion ideas folder on Pinterest, 
I eyed the wall of framed Officer of the Month photos. Anya, what can I do for you? Officer Chang, this is my friend Marie. Thank you for taking the time to see us. Nice to meet you, Marie. I think we actually go to the same church. Your face did look familiar. I was eager to get past the chit-chat. Tell him who you saw outside your window. So, right after dinner... Officer Chang listened quietly as Marie talked, taking notes on the legal pad. After she finished, he asked her a dozen questions, clarifying details. I tried to read his face. What more did he need to hear? I'm glad you came to me with this, but here's the thing. I don't think Sunday was the person you saw. What do you mean? It was her. Maybe you thought it was her. Because of what Anya told you. I didn't even know that Anya- We don't get a lot of attacks like this, thank goodness. Listen, Anya, we're feeling very certain that the person who killed Harold Thomas is the same one who came into your house. Maybe that was Sunday. That's the thing. There were sneaker footprints around Harold's body. And there were size ten and a half men's. Your friend's feet are a lot smaller than that. Oh. Sunday has very small feet. Smaller than mine. My mind started processing this. Size ten and a half sneaker prints. I wore six. That meant I couldn't be the one who killed Crazy Harold. I tried not to laugh with relief. Maybe a man killed Harold, but I know who was outside my house. Standing outside isn't a crime. We're still trying to get in touch with Sunday's family. Their house was empty. Neighbors say they go north often. When we know more, we'll be in touch. But if you see anything else, report it. All information is helpful. Leaving the police station, I found myself surprisingly relaxed. Sure, there was a deranged psycho lurking somewhere in Asper Grove, and an app that might be making people go crazy, but I couldn't have killed Harold Thomas. It was the thinnest ray of sunlight. I know what I saw. I do too. Do you know what the worst part is? I mean, besides from the death and everything. We have a test this Saturday that will probably determine the rest of our lives. For weeks, all I could think about were the ACTs. They had slipped from my mind these past two days. For obvious reasons. Yeah, I've really lost focus. Why don't you come over tonight? We can cram with practice tests. That would be great. I don't want to be home alone anyway. I'll order pizza. And see if Caleb can bring over some of his stepmom's cookies. When I got back from the police station, my mom was still home. She was backing the car out of the garage. Halfway down the driveway, she put the car into neutral and rolled down the window. Oh, there you are. I'm glad I caught you. Sorry, I should have let you know I wasn't coming straight home. I would appreciate knowing where you are. I feel guilty about even going to work tonight. I'm heading over to Marie's after dinner. I won't be alone. There's some leftover shepherd's pie in the fridge, and enough greens to make yourself a salad. 
Oh, and one more thing. When I was in the garage, I noticed that your dad's old tennis shoes were out of the bin and they were wet and muddy. What is that all about? My heart clenched tight. No words left my mouth. Well, just clean them off and put them back in the bin. It's not a big deal. Not sure why I'm still keeping them anyway. Love you. See you in the morning. I walked up the gravel driveway to the still open garage door. Entering, I passed by the old garden tools and my childhood bicycles, tires long deflated. My eyes were fixed on a pair of off-white Nikes resting next to the side door of the garage. I came to a stop before them. I reached down and picked up one of the shoes and looked at the tag on the underside of the tongue. U.S. size ten and a half. Can't Relax. Starring Penny Epstein as Anya, Olivia Trujillo as Marie, Andre Robinson as Calum, Patrick Labrico as The Voice. Written and directed by Adam J. Epstein. Executive produced by Sheila Stepanek and Adam J. Epstein. Edited and mixed by Christopher Sousa. Additional voices by Paula Lisby, Steve Ulrich, Brian Stepanek, Lila Butler, Adam Epstein, Jane Sylvia, Michael Nering, Sheila Stepanek, Suzanne Hesseloff. Music by Budakid. Graphic design by Dave Kogan. Can Relax is a Glisten Plus production.